Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Wow, just lift your hands high to heaven, man. In your mercy, you have heard me. You pick me up and call me worthy. When you ask me, do you love me? Here I am, Lord, I am ready. What beautiful, beautiful words. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord. We see in Peter a man doing his best, but always falling short, always failing. And yet the one constant is Christ, undergirding Christ, picking him up, Christ ministering to him. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, I thank you for that, that beautiful example of Peter, that that would be the love, the grace, and the experience of every person in the house. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give someone a high five and just tell them they are really, really ridiculously good looking. Uh, speaking of good looking, my beautiful Liani is here on the front row. I said, oh my gosh, baby, you're going to come and hear me preach. Well, she says, kind of. I'm, it's, um, I'm doing a critique. I'm like, what? <laughs> she, said, she said, if I'm bad, she's going to snap another set of surfboard fins. Can you believe that? That is it. Did you preach that here? When were you here? Oh, she preached out here, dear Jesus. Goodness gracious. How many people started praying for their pastor after that? A few people. I love you. I love you. Thank you. You're the real deal. You're the real deal. Thank you. Thank you. What a great offering word, Pastor Tim. My gosh. Man, I'm like, I'm not even going to preach. I'm just going to just tell him to keep going. That was so good. That was ministering to me. It was so powerful. So powerful. You know, you can't have a testimony without a test. A lot of people just have the money. <laughs> they haven't got around Dr. Matt. You can't be money around Dr. Matt. That's what I love about Dr. Matt. And then how, how fantastic. I've got to tell you, two of my favorite humans on the planet have to be Pastor Samuel and Katie Duth. They are just... I look on the stage and I'm like, ah, it's just... They're just magnificent. They're like, they're like the, the most expensive bottle of champagne or perfume. They just effuse joy and bubbles and fragrance and Christ and kindness. And I look at them and go, oh, yes, yes, Jesus is risen. He's alive. He's working in hearts. He's awesome. I can have what they have. It's amazing. You're just so magnificent. Love you guys. Love you guys. And now I'm in big trouble because the entire front row, second row, third row is just, oh, dear Jesus, I'm in trouble. So let's go into the Word tonight. Uh, Matthew 7, 15 to 20 is going to be our first one, and then we're just going to jump a few chapters to Matthew 12. 
Uh, let's start there. Before I give you the title, let's start in the, the Scriptures because the title makes sense after we read the Scriptures. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. How many people know that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good kind of warning from Jesus? Beware, beware. Where is also be wary. Be wary of false prophets. Be aware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. In other words, they, 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 they never come as they are. They always come in sheep's clothing. They look like they're a sheep, but they're not inward. They're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their false prophecies that, that they prophesy that never seem to... Oh, hang on. Sorry, that's not what it says. Excuse me. Excuse me. You will know them by their... You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. It's kind of a little bit important because, um, you know, one, one of the things that, that I've heard many, many times over the years is kind of criticism and ac uh, accusations and, you know, false prophecies. You're a false prophet or a false teacher or whatever on, on the house. And they, they always say things like people are way too happy here to be Christian. There are way too many good-looking people. There are way too many people who are flourishing and prospering and winning in life, as if Jesus made winners or, as we heard, champions. You know, it's like, so kind of guilty. Guilty as charged. But I, I met Jesus on a beach, and my life was a broke-down mess because my world was finished with, filled with my words. My, wor my world was filled with my thoughts, my opinions. They weren't necessarily my thoughts, my opinions. They came from the spirit of this world. They came from the spirit of this world. Jesus teaches us in the scripture that the spirit of this world is not a good spirit. The spirit of this world is an evil spirit. It's the evil one. In fact, the Bible says that... that uh, if you love this world, friendship with this world, and he's talking about with the spirit of this world, is enmity with God. And you will find that friendship with God is enmity with the world. In John 17, Jesus is praying, and he says, Father, I have given my disciples, I've given your followers, I've given them my word, therefore the world hates them. I gave them my word, therefore the world hates them. It doesn't say, therefore the world's kind of gone a little judgy. <laughs> therefore the world's a little jealous. No, it says the, the world hates them. The spirit of this world hates the word. Hates the word because of what it produces. So come with me, Matthew 12. We're going to do 25 to 30. 12, 25 to 30. Jesus just cast out a demon. 
And the Pharisees, the religious nutters, say, Oh, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the chief of the demons. That's why demons are leaving, because he is possessed by the head honcho, the chief of all demons, Beelzebub, and that's why they submit to him, because... And Jesus like, you knuckleheads, if a kingdom is divided... Oh, anyway, let's go. Verse 25. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. If every, and every city or house divided will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, then who do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then he can plunder the house. He was, he was not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. I, I love those two teachings. The title of my message tonight is Mirror, Mirror. Beautiful Pastor Kayla Ray Valentine, that, as she was previously known, that's obviously Pastor Kayla Ray Hubbard, um, said to me, oh, Pastor, what, what movie are you going to use tonight? I'm like, oh... Shoot, I didn't even think of a movie. So then I thought, well, Snow White, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And then the mirror says, well, it's not you, Queen, is it? <laughs> She's like, what? Well, it used to be you, but now there's somebody else in there. Snow White. And so she goes after. It's really interesting because, you know, in, in Snow White, the Queen... There's the first mistake. Like, why, why, why do you want to eliminate all competition? You, you'll often find in, in these, these scenarios, it's the Ten Commandments, a violation of the Ten Commandments. Covetousness, envy, then leads to murder. She goes around there dressed as a, an old witch with a poisonous apple trying to kill and eliminate competition because she has to be because of vanity and vainness and insecurity. You know, so that it just it just preaches. But the title of my message tonight is is mirror mirror because James one twenty three says that that when we hear the word of God, it is like looking into the mirror. And when we hear it, and we don't actually apply it to our life, if we just be, just come to church to kind of you know spectate or maybe you know critique or whatever, and we hear the word, but we don't actually apply it to our life. It's very easy to sit in church and say, oh my gosh, that's a great message for fill in the blank. Oh, I hope such and such is listening. But actually the, the word works best when it's applied in your life. I used to ask God, I used to ask God, God, when is your word that is most powerful? And I thought, I thought he'd say when it's spoken. Because God said, let there be light, light was. And he said, for you, when it's obeyed. Wow. So I know God, when God speaks, his word goes forth with power. But it's only when it's obeyed in our life is that power released in, in our life. So the time my message, Mirror, Mirror, really is an inventory that I think we need to do on a, on a regular basis. So I've got only two points tonight because I knew I wasn't going to get through three. I don't know why you're laughing, Pastor Mike Finn. You're meant to be cheering and championing me on. Thanks a lot, Mike. So point number one, you can tell the quality of a king by the condition of his kingdom. You can tell the quality of a king by the condition of the kingdom. 
I was just in Hawaii, in, uh, in Oahu, Waikiki, and just having a, a lament meeting with many of the leaders there, some of them who were running for political office, many of the pastors and whatever. And they were talking about just the devastation, especially 2020 to 2021. And Hawaii was one of the severest lockdowns and just how, how mental health and suicide and addiction and drug addiction and alcohol addiction and brokenness and everything. And uh, that they said that the, the homeless encampments are like tenfold what they were prior to, to COVID. No matter where you look, there was just devastation and brokenness. And I felt the Holy Spirit give me this word. He says, you can tell a lot about a king. You can tell a lot about an authority by the condition of the kingdom. They're doing the same, and I'm just, I'm just kind of warning you. Uh, they're doing the same with Mussolini right now. They're trying to polish him up to sell him as a, as a, as a uh, 2024 candidate because that's what they can do. Just so you know, the devil is brilliant at marketing. We have a wonderful marketing team, and I don't want to take anything away from, you know, uh, Paul Churchwood, the guy is a genius, Morgan Irvin, genius, but none of them have a patch on the devil. The devil will sell you death and you think it's life. He will sell you an affair and you think it's enhancing. He, he is the number one. He will sell you stuff that destroys your life and you'll feed, feed on it like a pig that hasn't eaten at a trough in months. You'll gobble it down and it'll destroy. He is a master marketing genius. And so that same spirit is trying to paint a guy who every city where he has a footprint is left worse, is left devastating. I, I mean, I can't, I, can't, I can't watch the news, the way they defend this bumbling. He inherited a country with a robust economy, low taxes, low fuel prices, inventory, abundance, superfluous. I mean, it was just incredible. And now empty shelves and backed up and high prices and gas inflations and 17 months in a row of dropping wages. And, and let me just tell you, it's not because he's a, he's a moron, which he is. It's, it's actually, it's actually goes deeper than that. He's actually a puppet. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't even know what shoes he's got on. He's a puppet for a World Economic Forum that has an agenda. They can't implement their global, global reset with America being strong. So they know that they had to create a, not an elected president, a selected president with, uh, you know, they had to overtake the, uh, the, the elections. We saw it coming. Just a shame the cowards that we have in the GOP, just in case, oh, he's a raving Republican, look at him beating up on a Democrats. We have cowards in the GOP who are just as guilty that we need to kick out, we need to turf out of power. I'm saying it because I'm passionate about this nation. This nation is called to be a city on a hill. It's called to be a light to the world. But there's a devil, there's a devil that wants to destroy the world and he wants to destroy this nation. Come on, just go ahead and give, give God a praise while some people are getting offended. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's good, you know, they'll, they'll come back when they, when they want to hear the truth. It's all good. But you can tell a lot about a kingdom. The, the kingdom tells you a lot about a king. I was with one of our business people, and they, they, they bought a certain property right on the water down in Mission Bay. 
that is a fun park. And, uh, but it, but it, it was so run down that it was full of vagrants and homeless and there were drug deals and uh, people overdosed. A number of people had overdosed on heroin, fentanyl and uh, the, the, the police didn't want to go down there and, and it, it, lost, it had lost so much business. It, no families wanted to go there anymore. And, uh, and so this gentleman in our church bought, bought that property. And uh, the first thing that he did was he had to fight the city, believe it or not. The city fought him trying to say, no, the, you know, the homeless were there before you. And even though you paid for the property, you can't kick them out and you can't remove them and you can't do this. And one of the first things he did was change the music. He changed it from kind of gangster rap and uh, just put positive, life-giving, uplifting music. And, and then he, he began to uh, put in security guards. So you can't walk 50 feet without seeing somebody in, in security. And then transformed everything, spent millions of dollars to transform what was derelict into the most beautiful restaurants and sushi upstairs and, and a giant screen kind of um, bar with, with tables and family dining downstairs and cleaned up all the rides and painted out all the graffiti and it was a, it was a, about a six month battle because they'd paint out the graffiti and then the graffiti would be back and then they'd paint it out and it would be back but they just determined not to win and now you go there and, and I'm walking around and you couldn't if there was if somebody dropped uh, a wrapper on the floor somebody was immediately there what the the security people were immediately there to pick it up and put it straight in the trash I mean you could almost eat off the floor it was so clean I took my daughter and, uh, and I, I wanted to you know protect her and she had uh, three friends with her Finally, after about 15 minutes, she says, Dad, you know, do you mind if, if kind of we go off and do our own thing? And I felt so secure that, yeah, I don't want to be the dad that cramps your style. Go off and do your, Daddy will just be sitting over here. So I'm watching them run under this ride and run under that ride. Two hours later, they're, 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 they're having such a great time. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, you can tell the level of kingship on this man by the condition of what's under his authority what's under his authority. Jesus casts out a demon. And, and they try to say, oh, it's Beelzebub. And he says, listen, it doesn't work because if Satan casts out Satan, how can his kingdom stand? He says, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, he says, you, you'll, know, you'll know that the kingdom is here because the demonic is driven out. That which torments is cast out. That which brings confusion is cast out. There's peace. The Bible says there was a man uh, who was living in, in the tombs in Gadarenes night and day, cutting himself. He'd, he'd been bound with shackles and chains. He would break them, howl at the moon. He was, he was naked out of his mind. But when Jesus came, Jesus brought the kingdom. He brought the kingdom because at the end of the story, the Bible says when all the legion had left him, gone into the swine, ran down into the water and drowned, the Bible says there was the man clothed, seated, listening and conversing with Christ. And when all the people saw it, when all the people saw it, they freaked and they begged Jesus to depart from their region. You would think, what kind of mindless people would say, Jesus, depart from the region? People that love their pigs more than they love the kingdom want Jesus to depart from their region. I mean, you would think that you would think they'd be rejoicing. So 
in this world as, a, as preaching the gospel, I've found that you, you actually, you gotta have a little bit of mana because you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. You will continually be persecuted. So I've just made a decision, point number two, that point number two I think is louder than words, that actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. So beware of false prophets, beware of false teachers. You'll know them not by their prophesying or not by their teaching, you'll know them by the fruit. You'll know them by their fruits. Look at the fruit of their life. Look at the fruit of their life. I remember, that, you know, Pastor Colin Higginbottom kind of launched our, our Pathfinders, him and Melissa. And I remember going around to, to their home. And, and, and I loved, I saw in their home, I saw a love for his bride. I saw a love for his kids. But I, I saw a man that had conviction. I saw a man that had a spirit of excellence. I saw a man that, that lived in a beautiful home but then was still dreaming. You know, I, I think he kept that home and rented it and then, you know, bought a, bought a dream home. And, 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 and I just see this spirit of excellence on him, a spirit of big thinking because it's one thing to preach it. It's easy to preach it. You can have a gift of preaching I got a gift to preach the gospel. I just don't have a gift to live the gospel. <laughs> living is the part that bites me. But living is the part where you, where you bear fruit. So Jesus says, beware of false prophets. You'll know them by their fruit, not by their false prophecies. The reason he does that, and I'm going to kind of mess you up a little bit and forgive me for doing that, is when, when, when we read uh, the story of Jonah, Jonah, Jesus refers to Jonah, no sign will be given to this faithless generation except the sign of the prophet Jonah, the son of man, three days, three nights, belly of the earth, Jonah. Jonah prophesied. The, the only prophecy that we have of Jonah is in the book of Jonah where he goes to Nineveh and he says, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's his prophecy. And the Bible says that the king of Nineveh, when he heard the prophecy, clothed himself in sackcloth and ashes, called for an entire fast throughout the kingdom, and everybody repented, so God relented. I mean, the Calvinists must hate the book of Jonah. Because <laughs> God relented from the harm. And so day 40 happens, and there's no destruction. There's no fire and brimstone. There's no... And on the 41st day, Jonah is ticked. He is mad at God. He cares more about his reputation than about an entire city. We would say Jonah is a false prophet. He prophesied and never came to pass. I tell you what, though, there was somebody who prophesied. They said, really, you can't eat from that tree? <laughs> God knows the day you eat from that tree, you'll be just like God, knowing good and evil. The Bible says, when she saw the fruit was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, able to make one wise, she took of the fruit, partake, ate it, gave some to her husband. He ate also, and the eyes of both of them were open. They saw that they were naked. Then later on, it's, God says, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. We have to drive him out of the garden lest he reach out his hand to the tree of life and live forever in this state. So from that, Satan, if you were judging him the way that most theological folks that I've run into judge, 
Satan is the true prophet because what he said came to pass and Jonah would be evicted as a false prophet. But God doesn't judge by the prophetic word. God judges by the fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. What I tell everybody every year is if you don't like the fruit, if you don't like the fruit, you don't have to stay. Don't listen to this teaching. I'm just trying to tell you, he found me on a beach when I was 18. My life was a jacked up mess. And all I did was just fell in love with this word and I began to apply this word into my life. And I'm telling you, this word works. This word will transform your life. Can somebody say amen? It's one of the things I love about Dr. Matt and, and Pastor Michaela. They're the real deal. Who you see on the platform is who they are. I've been, I've been at the, the river with them in, I remember when they said, hey, come with us. We, we do this awesome little getaway in Yuma, Arizona. And I'm like, you live in California. Yuma, Arizona. Like you've got to have a sense of humor to go to Yuma. And he's like, no, dude, dude, seriously, you're going to love it. There's a river there. I'm like, we've got a freaking ocean here <laughs> in California. But Leanne's like, you are so stubborn. Try something different. So I'm like, all right, but I'm not going to like it. <laughs> and we get there and it's in the middle of nowhere. And there's no grass. I can't see any grass. It's just dirt and rocks. And Leanne's like, you go out there and you smile and you, I'm like, fine. I had the best three days of my life. ATVing. I mean, I tried wakeboarding. I'm not very good. This young lady, Heather Molchanoff, is unbelievable at wakeboarding. She's doing tricks and jumps and everything. And she's saying, oh, if only my pastor could stand up. She goes, but you know what? We've tried a whole bunch of other churches. We're tired. We'll just stay here with our lame-o pastor. Can't believe it. I felt, I really felt that took that person. It was quite wounding. But I, I love it, I love, we're, we're, we're sitting around, we're talking life, I'm watching the kids, I'm watching the kids interact. And I thought Dr. Matt could speak into any area, not only is he a brilliant chiropractor, I'm watching his interaction with his wife, problem solving, troubleshooting, things that, that she's inherited from her family, he, things he's inherited from his family, all with grace, all with truth. I'm watching the way he champions his, his three kids, I'm watching... I'm watching Micah, his eldest, now standing up on wake surfing, you know, behind the, I'm like, he's the real deal. He's, he's a Christian on the boat. You know, country music is God's music. I'm, we're listening to country music as we're, we're going up and down the river. <clears throat> Louder than words. You know, Dr. Matt would always say this. He says, how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you, well, I had a prophet one time join the church. He's like, Pastor, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. I prophesy a prophet, prophet. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the truth is he went to a prayer meeting and he began to read people's mail. I'm like, wow, this guy's really accurate. But I felt the Holy Ghost say, don't, get him, don't give him the mic, don't give him the mic, don't give him the mic, don't give him the mic. And so I'm like, Holy Spirit, 
Like, you just got to stop. Like, if you're jealous, the guy's got a gift. And the Holy Spirit said, don't look at the gift, don't look at the words, look at the fruit. So as I doubt the Holy Spirit, I've just kind of prod a little bit, find out he's been married three times and he has a restraining order from the previous one and he's got this temper. And so when he thought I was going to give him the mic and I didn't give him the mic, all of a sudden he starts dropping cuss words in a prayer meeting. I'm like, Holy Spirit, please forgive me. I need to listen to you more often. You're always right. I'm just a... And I remember doing a, a wedding for a, a pastor who had daughter and daughters and, and uh, this happened more than once. The, the, they know that they raised their daughter in a perfect world to get married once. And, you know, and so because the daughters are in my church, they ask, you know, me or one of our team to, to officiate the wedding. So I'm officiating the wedding. And then the, the, the dad, the pastor says, I want to pray a blessing. I didn't pay a lick for the wedding. I put that whole burden on them. I didn't pay a dime for the wedding, but I just want to pray a blessing over them. And I'm thinking, how can you impart a blessing? It's amazing how many people gloss the super spiritual. Jesus isn't looking at your words. He's looking at the fruit. He's looking at the fruit of your life. In, um, in New York City, New York City went from one of the vilest, uh, most violent cities in the 80s, 70s and 80s into the 90s when Mayor Giuliani took over. And he, he took two principles. He, he became an authority like a king because we're all kings and priests. So what, whatever is under your hand is a reflection of how much word you have in your life. See, if, if, I plant, if I plant an orange seed, I'm going to get oranges. If I plant an apple seed, I get apples. The Word of God is a seed. Matthew 13, Jesus does the parable of the, of the sower. Sower goes out to sow. Some seed falls by the wayside. Birds come and eat it. Some seed falls amongst shallow soil. It's roots, but it has no root. And when the sun scorches, dies. Others fall amongst the weeds and stones and, you know, gets choked. You know, some falls on good soil. It's good soil, 30, 60, 100. And the disciples are like, hey, that's brilliant, Jesus. Brilliant, great botany lesson. We're not, you know, agriculture, very important. But you probably, as a rabbi, I would just get back to the Torah, the Tanuch, you know. And she's like, oh, my gosh. He goes, listen, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand anything in the kingdom. He says, the son of man is the sower. He says, I also play the cameo role of I'm also the seed that's being sown. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So if an orange seed produces oranges and an apple seed produces apples, the seed, which is the word of God, produces kingdom. Produces kingdom. Therefore, I've discovered in my life, if my life does not reflect the kingdom, there is an absence or a blockage of his seed. Every area in my life where I have rejected God, rebelled against God, or known better than God, where I've refused to apply his seed in that life has been devoid or defunct of kingdom things. 
But as soon as I bring His Word, His Word has power. His Word overcomes the soil. His Word has victory. His Word has breakthrough. His Word has healing. His Word has transformation. His Word brings peace. His Word brings prosperity. His Word brings increase. His Word brings life. The Bible says He healed them with a Word. He cast out demons with a Word. So Mayor Giuliani uh, applies this principle that, that uh, was called the broken windows principle. And the broken windows principle basically goes like this. If, if there's a broken window and it's not repaired within 48 hours, people know that nobody's watching. People see the, the window is broken and they say there's no authority in power here, therefore we can get away with stuff. So he went after fixing every broken window and went to war against the graffiti artists. And I'm not sure if you remember, but the same crazy people back then lost their mind and were attacking him. When there's real crime, when there's real crime, he's going after, you know, these people are just trying to express themselves. They're not, they're not criminals, even though that they're, you know, but they're just trying to express themselves and by smashing windows and looting stores and, and graffiti. And so he, he, despite all the criticism, fixes every broken window, puts into the budget to paint out. He would not let one piece of graffiti last 24 hours before they painted it out, painted it out, painted it out. It got so, so intense in the war that he was not only taking heat, but he was winning because what happened was because it was so expensive to, to, to live in Manhattan, the people began to go out to the boroughs and what used to have broken windows and graffiti now had fixed windows and painted walls. And people go, man, we can't afford that, but how much is it here? And what happened is all the, all the drug dealers and all the gangbangers that were living there, you know, with, with their meth labs and everything, found that people were buying up, buying up, buying up, and so they had to move out. And all of a sudden became family, and the crime rate dropped by over 900%. Not only that, but he then instituted what was called the zero tolerance laws. The zero tolerance laws. And the zero tolerance laws was, if people jumped the turnstile, they would be arrested and cited. And so again, these people lost their mind. Oh my God, we got bigger crimes. And at that time, I'm not sure if you remember, but there was a um, Central Park rapist who had raped nine people uh, at, at that particular time. And so they're saying, why, don't he, why doesn't he deploy the police to go after real crimes and he's arresting people for jumping the subway? turnstiles. But the principle of zero tolerance is if somebody is a murderer or a rapist, they're not going to think twice about jumping a turnstile table because they're a murderer and a rapist. Like, to, like it's so low on the totem pole. So they cited a guy for jumping a turnstile, cited hundreds of people. But that, that week, there was a young lady jogging through the park and as she was passing a tree, a man jumped from behind the tree with a hammer and he swung to hit her in, in the, the head so that he could knock her out unconscious and then rape her. And she kind of, and 
it just kind of graced her and knocked her down. She screamed. He got on top. She, she held him and screamed. And then another jogger came running over. Hey, hey. He dropped the hammer and ran because she held the hammer. And he tried, and then he ran, leaving the hammer. The hammer had his fingerprints on it. He'd raped nine people prior to that. And because his fingerprints were on it, it matched in the database with someone that just days before had jumped the turnstile and they caught the rapist and solved the crime. You can tell a lot about a king by the condition of his kingdom. Actions speak louder than words. You'll know them by the fruit of their life. One of the things that we do when we ordain pastors is we look at fruit. Well, you don't understand, pastor. I'm a graduate. I'm a, I'm a ducks of, I'm the, the bee's knees of the hermeneutical heavenly Earl Roberts University, the Megatron of Bible schools on planet Earth. I have celestial visitations on a daily basis. In fact, I'm telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing anymore. It doesn't matter, we look at fruit. We look at fruit. Lance and Alicia, two of the finest pastors, two of the finest leaders you can have. Why? Fruit, fruit. First Sunday, first Sunday, I'm walking into church in Carmel Valley Middle School. Never, 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 never met. And there's this bubbly, bright, beautiful, beaming, smiling. Hey, Pastor Jurgen, my name's Alicia. God told me I'm going to be working for you. I'm like, hello, crazy lady. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. And, uh, and I think it was like two weeks later, she's working for me. And uh, she just... They, they, just, they just came day one and heard that, you know, we volunteered. So they volunteered and then got on serving teams. They, they are two of the most powerful, consistent, prolific. We look at fruit. We look at fruit. We look at fruit. I remember Jeff and Kat Sullivan. Obviously, he's changed their name to Jesse now, but originally he was known as Jeff Sullivan before he changed his name back to what was on his birth certificate and what everybody else had called him. But just the, the, the fruit, I remember the first Sunday, they're, 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 you know, Leanne says, oh, you know, who, who, who have you organized to be on the door to greet people? I'm like, oh, I hadn't organized anybody. All I thought about is I've got to just deliver this sermon. Do I go with this sermon or this sermon? I don't have anybody. And so I'm like, Jeff, Jeff. And he had his back to me. And I thought, because he's Marine, I thought he must have, you know, toured, lost hearing. So I'm like, Jeff, and he's like, oh, you know, and I said, listen, um, you and your wife, Kat, you know, I know you're only newlyweds, but could you stand on the door and greet people? And he's like, oh, sure, Pastor, what do I do? I said, you just smile and say, welcome to church. Just shake their hand, welcome to church. So they're like, oh, okay. And then Leanne says, oh, you know, did you get the newsletters? I said, I did, I picked them up from Kinko's. She goes, where are they? I said, oh, they're in the trunk. She goes, you didn't fold them? Jeff, Jeff, listen, while you're shaking hands and welcoming people, do you think you can fold newsletters? And shake their hand, welcome them, and then hand them a newsletter. We got newsletters. They just did it. 17 years ago, they just did it. <laughs> 17 years later, 
The man who shook hands and folded newsletters is the man that looks after all of our financing. He's the general manager of six campuses, about to explode into nine campuses very quickly. Just some deals that are kind of on the, right on the precipice of coming to pass. The, the way that he manages, the way that he leads, his beautiful bride, Kat, is, is our HR director. Our staff and our team have never been more efficient, never been more happy. But it's because the fruit of their life, the fruit of their life. I've got to finish. I had a, I had a gentleman come many, many years ago. And I've got to tell you, we had some money in the bank. We were believing for a property. And, uh, and he somehow got through the... And I... I'm with him and he's telling me how he has these investments and he heard that we had 2.4 million but we were believing God to try and buy this $9 million property. Back then it was on the 15 freeway in Scripps Ranch. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, man, he goes, you know, I've got these investments, I can double your money. I'm like, you can, you can what? He goes, I can double the money. And the Holy Spirit said, look at his shoes. Look at his shoes. I'm like, Holy Spirit, please just, oh, you are, listen. He's trying to help me get a building and you are so, that is so carnal. I know you're spiritual, but I'm not looking at issues. I'm no, I'm not getting distracted. Focus, buildings, nine million. I've been talking to you about the $9 million building. Obviously we don't have enough yet, but you know, he's, oh. And so the Holy Spirit's like, look at his shoe. I'm like, Holy Spirit, will you just, <laughs> go on, tell me about these investments. <laughs> That's amazing. Look at his shoe. I'm like, Holy, right, that is it. So anyway, we're now getting to the front of the line and, uh, you know, we get the coffee. And so he orders his coffee and he had a friend with him orders a coffee and then I order a coffee and then he's. So I'm like, oh, 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 oh I, guess, I guess it's my treat. The Holy Spirit says, how you do anything is how you do everything. Unfaithful in what is little, unfaithful in much. Can't buy you a coffee, but he can, he can somehow double $2.4 million. And then the Holy Spirit said, look at his shoes. And I looked at his shoes and I thought, hmm, they do not look like the shoes of someone who can make millions of dollars. So... The whole rest of the meeting, no matter what he blabbed on, and he could, I mean, he could sell ice to an Eskimo. The whole rest of the meeting, I just had the antennas up and finally had to say, yeah, look, I'm so sorry. It's not going to work. We're not interested. And he, he kind of got a little bit offended. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm not giving this deal to anyone. I said, yeah, knock yourself out. He ends up going down to Corpus Christi, Texas. Does the same thing with a Hispanic church down there. Today, that man is in a federal penitentiary because he ran Ponzi schemes and he preyed on churches who were believing for, but because the Holy Spirit said, look at his shoes and look at the fruit inspector, not word inspector. The reason we moved from word to fruit was Genesis 3. What happened in Genesis 3? God said, don't eat from the tree. What did Adam and Eve do? They ate the fruit from the tree. So Jesus says, all right, you have now redefined the measure. Prior to that, it was the Word. But you rejected the Word and took the fruit. Now the measure is you'll know a false teacher or a false prophet by the fruit. A bad tree cannot, you will know the Word by the fruit that is growing. 
I can tell how much of God's Word is in your life by the fruit that's growing. By the fruit that's growing. Therefore, come on, why don't we stand to our feet? I'm over time. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Just say these words, say, Heavenly Father, tonight my heart makes room for your word. I want your word in my life. Your word will produce kingdom fruit. I want kingdom fruit in my life. I thank you tonight that in your word is the power to heal, to deliver, to transform, to turn curse into blessing, to transform death to life, to transform poverty to prosperity. Father, tonight I open my heart to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, will you give God a great praise? Just stay standing, stay standing. I feel a really great anointing. Just close your eyes one more time. I'm promising I'm going to hand back Dr. Matt. Just turn your palms towards heaven. I feel the anointing. I went way too long. I think it's been a while since I've been here. It might be the last time after that, but you're so lovely. Just, just, just stay under that. There's, 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 a, there's a, just an impartation that God's doing right now, an impartation. I was preaching in Hawaii, and the theme of the conference was Revive. Revive, And I was in my hotel room and I said, Holy Spirit. And then Psalm 119, 154 says, revive me according to your word. And God says, revival is in the word of God. Anywhere where you plant the word of God revives. Anywhere where you put the word, anywhere where you put Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, he revived. A little girl was dead. Jesus took her by the hand, Talitha Kuma. She lives. Lazarus was dead, buried four days. Lazarus come forward. The word goes in. It revives. It revives. It revives. People come in here with, with marriages on the rocks, and then Jesus comes in. The word comes in and revives. People come in here and they're, they they they're broke. They they're in foreclosure. They they've lost their home. Cars being repossessed. They they. Revive to their finances. People come in here and they, it's too painful to dream again and God revives their dreams. People come in here and hopes are dashed and God revives hopes. He, that's what He does. He revives. He revives and He does it all through His Word. He does it all. Can I just tell you, don't, whatever you do, don't think that you're smarter than the Word of God. Don't, don't let the devil lie and deceive you. The devil always tell you, well, you know, if you put the word first, it's going to cost you this and you're going to have to repent of that. You're going to have to, I've got to tell you, there is nothing in my life worth substituting the word of God for. Nothing the devil offers you, no matter how shimmery, shiny, glistening gold it looks, is worth trading the word of God. Make his word first. Make his word first. Jesus said to John the Baptist's disciples, they said, are you the one or do we look for somebody else? He says, you don't need to look any further. He says, you go and tell John the things that you see and hear. The blind receive their sight. The deaf receive their hearing. The lepers receive their cleansing. The dead receive life. They're raised, resurrected from the dead. He says, the lame get healed. They're walking and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He didn't say, and the poor receive 
food stamps, and the poor receive gold bars. He says, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He did not jip the poor. To the blind he gave sight, to the deaf he gave hearing, to the lepers he gave cleansing, to the dead he gave life, to the poor he gave the gospel. Why? Because poverty is a condition of what you believe. It's not a condition of what you do or don't have in your hand. It's actually what's resident in your heart. When the gospel penetrates the heart, it will transform every part of your life. Come on, one more time, lift your hands high. Father, I thank you for the life-transforming power of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for the fruit of the kingdom. And can I just say this? Don't apologize for the fruit. Don't apologize for the fruit. Don't apologize for the fruit. Here's one of the, here's one of the signs. It's gonna get difficult. Your life will be so blessed, Mr. Mr. Smith, that you drive a dream car. There's only, was it only two in the whole nation that was like your car or four or something? There's only one, one Corvette. He's driving, it's a stick shift. I got to go in it, man, I'm telling you, it's got some G-force in that thing. But a lot of people will, you gotta get used to, I remember somebody gave me a really nice watch one time. And someone said, man, I like your watch. Ah, oh, someone gave it to me. Oh, second hand. Because I, I felt so awkward because I, poverty's easy. When you start getting blessed, people, people say it, but they say it with a judge. It's a little judgment in there. Oh, nice watch. Oh, it looks like the prosperity gospel written for somebody. I'd rather that burden of, yeah, how good is God? And he's no respecter of persons. He can do it for you too. You might just have to deal with that little bit of root there. Deal with that little bit of envy. In this church, we never judge people by the harvest. I can't believe Dr. Matt drives a Maserati. We don't judge people by the harvest because I've seen, I've seen the sacrifice that he's sown over the years. See, we, we want to judge everybody's harvest, but we don't see the seeds that they sow. The Bible says those who sow in tears shall reap with joy. They shall doubtless come again, carrying their sheaves with them. You know, in this church, we celebrate success. We champion people that win and victor. Now, that doesn't mean if you're not succeeding, we don't get under you. That doesn't mean that if you're failing, that we don't get alongside you. But I'm telling you, we're going to champion success. We're going to celebrate people that win. We're going to help you win because we know the Word of God makes you more than a conqueror more than a conqueror. You know, just a con you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. One more time, lift your hands. Father, I thank you for each and every hand lifted, each and every heart open. Let the Word of God penetrate each and every life. Father, we know that the Word not just penetrates, but the Word liberates. It penetrates and then it liberates. I'm telling you, the Word brings freedom. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I thank you for prosperity, blessing, increase and flourishing. I declare marriages turned around. I declare captivity turned captive. I declare freedom from addiction and poverty and brokenness. I de declare right now blessing where there's been struggle. Father, and I thank you for fruitfulness where there's been barrenness in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.